0: And welcome to the latest edition of the Mimiverse Monthly Audiocast. I am your host, writer-director Christopher R. Mim, the man behind the films of the Mimiverse. Are you there? Are you listening? And by that I mean not just hearing. Is this on in the background and you're not really paying attention to what it is I'm saying? Is this just more noise in your everyday life? Or are you actively listening and absorbing the things I may be saying to you? It's an interesting question. And I think as we head into the new year, 2016, it's, it's a question you must ask yourself. Am I hearing or am I listening? And by that I mean in all things. Not literally, but there is a distinct difference between hearing and listening. Hearing just means that the sound is in fact entering your ears and causing a reaction in your eardrum and all the little bones and stuff in there that makes sound possible. That's one thing. Listening, on the other hand, is something entirely different. It is taking that act of hearing and turning your attention to what is going on and what those sounds entering your head mean. I want you to do me a favor as we enter this new year, because usually at the beginning of every year, people make resolutions to do one thing or do another or lose weight or become better lovers or whatever it may be. Here's what I'd like to do, a quick little exercise before we start talking about the Mimiverse. I want you to close your eyes, unless you're driving, don't do that, but turn your attention if possible to the sounds around you. And don't just hear them. And I'm not saying just my voice. I want you to listen to my voice. But I want you to listen to the sounds in the room you're in or wherever you are outside, wherever you are listening to this. I want you to listen to the sounds around you. And I don't mean just hear it. I want you to listen. And realize that there's a lot going on around you and you must be mindful of it perhaps there are birds singing off in the distance should you live somewhere warm this time of year maybe the wind's blowing maybe there's a clock in the room you're sitting in that now all of a sudden seems really really loud because you're listening but take in all the little things around you listen Listen. Now, come back to me. Listen to what it is I am saying to you, and that is Happy New Year. Thank you for being a fan. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for supporting the Mimiverse. Thank you for watching my films. Thank you for donating your money to their production. Thank you for buying merchandise. And most of all, and I hope you're really listening now, thank you for telling everybody you know about how much you love the films of the Mimiverse. And thank you for telling all of your friends and family where they can get their own copies at steuphoria.com. Or perhaps they can go get them at Amazon. Either way, thank you for listening and doing just that. And make sure your friends and family to whom you are telling these things are listening. You know, that they're not on their cell phone playing a video game or, you know, watching a movie or whatever. Make sure that they look at you dead in the eyes. And you hold that gaze for at least five to ten seconds. So they know that something serious is about to happen. And then you say to them, have you heard about the films of the Mimiverse, because if you haven't, let me tell you how fantastic they truly are. And here's where you can get them. If you have not seen them, you should buy them all and enjoy them. Listen, my friends. Listen. All right, so that was my um, kind of creepy message to ring in the new year. Happy New Year, honestly. I hope you have a lot of great plans for this year, because you know what? I do. I do. Many of you will remember that last year, I was taking a year off and it lasted all of uh, I think four months because here's the truth. Once I said out loud that I wanted to take a break for a year from making movies, I instantly regretted it because I really didn't. I love doing this. And I just want to keep making more movies. I want to keep expanding the Mimiverse as far and wide and deep as I can. Because, damn it, I'm having a good time. Sometimes not-so-great stuff happens. Sometimes I am sitting in my office in the basement in deepest, darkest Minnesota when there is a total of an hour and a half of sunlight per day. And the temperature is reaching temperatures usually only seen on Mars. And I wonder to myself, why in hell am I still doing this? And then I realize it's because I love it. And because I'm having a good time doing it. And I'm meeting a lot of cool people, like you, potentially. Or, for instance, I want to continue to entertain you folks. And thus, again, I say thank you for supporting me, thank you for supporting all of us who make this possible. As I said, my year off did not last a full year, but I genuinely think that the reason why it had to be done, that weird little hiatus I went on, was that I had to accomplish two things that would not have been possible had I decided... Early on to simply stick with the same schedule I was on and make another movie. The first thing was I needed to absolutely commit myself to doing my part in writing and adapting the monster of Phantom Lake into a stage musical. Along with lyricist composer Adam Boll, we have accomplished this task. The Monster of Phantom Lake, the stage musical, is a thing. It exists. It is complete. It is ready to go. And we have a Kickstarter now running. And depending on when you're listening to this, it may be over. You may be listening to this years down the road where you're like, yeah, I remember that. It won all the Tony's this year. You might be saying that. Or you're listening to this on January 2nd, 2016, and you're saying, wait, the Monster Phantom, like the musical, it's a thing now. There's a Kickstarter. I haven't donated. I must do it. There is a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign currently going on, but only until January 10th. We have reached our initial goal. There's actually three goals to this campaign. The first, and that was $2,500. For $2,500, we will be putting on the show somewhere at some time this year. Our second goal is to reach $6,000 because if we reach that point, We get to put the show on in a grand theater in Menominee, Wisconsin, which is not that far from the Twin Cities. So if you know anything about Minneapolis-St. Paul, you know that we have a great international airport. So if you're not from around here, you can fly in very easily and then head over to Menominee, Wisconsin to the historic Mabel Tainter Theater. Now, this is a theater that's been around for a very long time, and it was voted by, I believe, Forbes Magazine, as one of the 14 most beautiful theaters in the entire world. It's amazing. It would be the perfect venue to have the Monster Fan like the musical in. It would make it very special. And it would be something that, should you be able to attend, which, if you support the Kickstarter, there are a couple levels whereupon you would receive tickets to go, Should you be able to attend, you would tell people all about it when it does a couple years from now, or depending on your perspective of when you're listening to this, when it does win those Tonys. It's going to happen. But I think you, the listener, might want to be able to say, I supported that back when it was just a plucky little play that could. In fact, one of the very first reviews the Monster Phantom Lake received was titled The Little Movie That Could. And I believe that there is a lot about the Monster Phantom Lake that is perfectly described by that title. It was an amazing experience to make the Monster Phantom Lake. And honestly, half of it I don't even remember because it went by so quickly. But I think it's quite special. And I think people still love it, and I still love it as we enter 2016 which is the year of the monster family, lake because on march 9th it will be the exact 10th anniversary of the release of the film i think it is fitting to celebrate the film by performing the stage musical adaptation at an amazing theater also the kickstarter campaign has a third goal which is if we make ideally as much as $12,000, would go toward allowing us to record and release a cast recording. Being that this is a play, and it only sort of exists only for that short period of time when it is being put on, I think having that sort of forever memento would be worth doing. So that's uh, that's my sales pitch for the Monster Family Kickstarter. Just because we've reached our initial goal does not mean you should stop donating. You should donate more. I mean, perhaps you just have thousands of dollars sitting around and you want to you want to donate it to something cool well now's your chance and here's the thing i think if if we had a, a large donation made by a single person or a corporate entity perhaps you could you could get together with all your co-workers wherever you work and and start a collection if we get a big enough one we will make sure that you are publicly acknowledged in many many ways and we will make sure that you are tied in forever with this very first production of this amazing show. I think it's probably important at this point for me to let you know where to go to contribute. Go to monsterofphantomlake.com, and that will take you right to the Kickstarter. Many of you may already know that monsterofphantomlake.com, not the monsterphantomlake.com, just monsterofphantomlake.com, used to just take you to Saint Euphoria. Well, we have redirected it to make it easy for you to find the Kickstarter. So please, donate. Be a part of it. Listen to what it is I'm saying. Listen to the words I am using to describe how absolutely groundbreakingly amazing this is going to be, and believe me, it really came together in a way that I am excited for the world to see. Listen. Act. Become a part. And go to the show cause it's going to be fantastic. So I mentioned before I went into that whole thing there about the Kickstarter for the musical, that there were two things that hit me. There were two things that I kind of felt I needed and learned from my short hiatus. The first was of course, that I had to follow through on the monster family, like the musical. And had I been working on another film, it just Never would have happened because it hadn't up till then it's not like that wasn't an idea that hasn't been floating around for a long time it really is but finally it's a reality because i took that time off but once i finished my part in the show exactly what i thought would happen happened and that was i got kind of bored Not that it wasn't fun going out to cool events like, say, the Lake Charles Film Festival, which is one of my favorite memories of 2015. But just traveling all over the country, supporting the Mimiverse and and promoting it and selling stuff and meeting people and having a really good time. One of the things I think I needed, I know I've mentioned it before, but I think it's something I should talk about at least a little bit, and that's by taking that time off And purposely removing myself from the machine that was the Mimiverse of movie, premiere, movie, premiere, movie, premiere, was just boom, 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 constantly working on a new movie. Once I took myself out of that and removed what I would call the requirement to make more movies that I sort of imposed on myself, once I gave myself permission not to make a movie, that's when I truly started to want to make a movie again. And that's what leads into me saying, you know what? Forget it. I'm making another movie. And that movie, of course, is Where Keto Nazi Hunter? Which I am crazy excited about. The script is done. And we have a full-on contribution program going. And I know I just asked you for a bunch of money for the Monster Phantom Lake, the musical, but perhaps you could contribute as well to Where's Keto Nazi Hunter if you haven't already. Simply because it's an amazing script and it's going to be freaking cool. And... And this is, this is a reaction. I've shown the script to a, a, a very, very small handful of people. The actors who I've already selected for the film. And Mitch Gonzalez, who uh, is creating the Wearsquito creature costume, of course. I needed him to see it so he knew what he was up against. And then, of course, my family. And every single person who read through it has said to me, Good Lord, this is dark. Like, really dark. Like, not a movie. dark. I mean, this is just dark. And I've said the same thing to every single one of them. And that was good. Because I want to stretch my legs a little bit. I'm still within my wheelhouse. It'll still be black and white. It'll still be 50s, 60s style. It'll still be a retro drive-in movie. Of course. It's still a mimiverse film. However, the tone is bleak. And very dark i mean there's no other word to describe it there are things in there that are a bit disturbing and i like it i'm very excited by it and tonally you couldn't get any further away from danny johnson saves the world if i tried it pushes the boundaries it bends it a little bit a couple casting notes doug Sidney, douglas Sidney, who played dr collins in attack of the moon zombies and of course barney collins in the wall people will be playing the main character because he's an excellent actor and i'm really excited to work with him again other cool casting announcements mark Hader, who previously played general castle in a couple movies and um, phillips in x the fiend from beyond space will be playing a new character Jim Norgard, who many of you already know as Dr. Gabriel, and he played Arthur in House of Ghosts, he will be stretching his cinematic legs and learning to seriously choose some scenery because he has been tapped to play the main villain of the piece, a Nazi doctor who is uh, pretty well psychotic. So I think I'm going to have fun beating Jim into submission and making sure that he really pushes and stretches those muscles. You know, I just I think if, if if we can pull this off and Jim does it just right, and I have faith in him because I've seen the darkness come out. I've seen him be able to do it. And I know he, it's in him. And I think if he really, really pulls this off the way I know he can, I don't know that anyone's going to necessarily look at him as a good guy ever again. Honestly. And I, I'll tell you, there's, there's a scene in House of Ghosts in which Jim really plays it in a way that is what gives me gives me the confidence that he can pull this off. There's a scene in that where it's after dinner, the medium has come and gone, and everyone's grumpy and just sitting around sort of talking before stuff happens. And Jim's character is talking to his wife, who is played by Katherine Hansen, and they get into a little tete-a-tete and he's maliciously mean to her and he's just kind of cruel and though it clearly is coming perhaps from a place of frustration and pain he's still kind of a butt for lack of a more appropriate term and if he can take that maliciousness and turn it into what I know he can, This is he's going to be fantastic. I have ultimate faith in him. The other casting news that I'm really, really excited to announce is that the main female lead will be played by a Mimiverse actor who has not been in one of my films since 2008. And that is Rachel Grubb, who was known as the villainous Hegra, lead huntress of the LIAC tribe in Cave Women on Mars. She also played the bad girl Amy in The Monster of Phantom Lake. I've been friends with Rachel for quite a few years, and uh, she previously had moved out to LA for a while, and then moved back to Minnesota, and expressed an interest in getting back into the Mimiverse, and I'm excited to be able to work with her again. That's the big casting news, is that we got some, some regulars and some New regulars, some old regulars, and some new characters. It's going to be fun. The script is awesome, and I can't wait to get rolling. So, one of the things we need, because this film is is a little different than anything I'm doing, is, of course, we need funds, of course, to produce this film. Even though I just gave you a huge spiel about how you should support the Monster of Phantom Lake, the stage musical, which you absolutely should, but... Should you miss the cutoff of the Kickstarter, or perhaps if you just feel like supporting everything that's happening with the Mimiverse, I highly recommend you contribute to Wearsquito Nazi Hunter, because it's going to be great. To do so, go to Wearsquito.com, and if you're asking yourself, how the heck do you spell Wearsquito, it's W-E-R-E, kind of like Werewolf, W-E-R-E-S-Q-U-I-T-O.com, whereskito And don't forget, every contributor gets some cool stuff. I mean, you get your name in the credits, you get an exclusive hand-signed certificate that certifies your participation and your contribution, but you also then have the ability to pre-buy the film. And this is the first time since we started doing this that you will be able to pick your choice of format, which will be either a DVD a Blu-ray, or a digital format. Or you could pre-order tickets to the premiere. Mimoverse premieres are a really good time. And if you've never been to one, you really need to go because they aren't like anything you imagine. It's not just seeing a movie. It's an experience unto and of itself. They're special, and you should really try to make it to one. Should everything come together, the plan is to release the film next, like, late September, early October. We're on schedule for now. Pre-production has begun. We actually were able to get two authentic replicas of World War II-era German pistols. There's only ever been one other movie that's had a gun that wasn't a laser gun. But hey, I've been making movies for over 10 years now, and I'm entering the second decade. I can stretch my legs a little bit. Why not do something a little fun and different? And I already have a plan for what the next movie is going to be after that. And tonally, it will be very different from this one. So... What the heck? Let's do it. So again, please go to com. Imagine yourself supporting this great film and being there at the premiere, dressed to the nines, hanging out with the cast and crew, and having an experience which I really can't say it enough. The world premieres of my films are they are really fun. It's not just seeing a movie. There's so much more to it than that. If you've never been there you should be there you should do it you should try it now's your chance to get in on that ground floor are you listening or did you just hear and now as we move onward into this new year I sincerely hope it will be a good one for everyone 2015 had its ups and downs and it seemed like we lost a lot of great celebrities friends and family and 2015 seemed kind of rough in a lot of ways for a lot of people but it's a new year. It's, it's a chance to start over. Do some new things. Try some stuff. Maybe make a new friend or two. Stretch your legs. And stop worrying about the stupid stuff. Stop getting wrapped up in the everyday bullcrap. And live life. Don't hear. Listen. Absorb. Absorb. And have a good time. Do whatever the hell you want to do. Life is way, way too short to be spent doing stuff that makes you unhappy. If you're unhappy with something, move on. If you can't move on, fix it. Say something. Just don't be a jerk about it. Be constructive. Be pragmatic. Be smart. And have fun. This year will be an amazing one for the Mimiverse. I'm just putting that out there. I am manifesting my own destiny. We're going to do the 3D re-release of the Monster Phantom Lake March 9th, 10-year anniversary. We're going to have the Mimathon with Dr. Bob Tesla of Midnight Monster Movies with Dr. Bob in Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to be there. You should, too. It's going to be fun. We are going to fund that Kickstarter. I mean, we already have, but we're going to, Funded it even more. We're going to reach those stretch goals. Believe with me, we're going to reach those stretch goals. We're going to have the Monster Phantom Lake, the stage musical, at the Mabel Tainter. There is going to be a cast recording. It's going to be great. And then we're going to release Where's Skeeto Nazi Hunter, and people are going to say, wow, that might be the best Mimoverse movie ever made. Don't give in to the negativity, folks. You can find negativity anywhere and everywhere. It's easy to find. And often, it finds you. But you don't have to let it consume you. I know I have a tendency to sometimes get a little philosophic on this podcast. But I've been asked many times over the years, what's your best advice for someone who's thinking about making their first movie? Of course, I could go any route of like, well, go to school or whatever. But honestly, the best advice I give people when they say, you made 10 movies, how did you pull off 10 movies in 10 years? Which I didn't honestly think was a big deal until suddenly I kept having people saying it like that. 10 movies in 10 years, oh my gosh. Basically, it all comes down to this. And, And this is one of those times when you should not just hear, but you should absolutely listen. In this world of distraction, you can easily find a million reasons Why not? And what I mean by that is why you should not do the thing you want to do, like make a movie, or make more than one movie, whatever. You can find a million reasons why you should not do those things, and you could let those rule your life. Well, I'm too old. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't want to learn. I'm too busy. I'm too lazy. I'm too whatever. There are a million reasons why not. All you got to do is find the one why. Find that reason. Find your why. Why do I make movies? Why do I do this? Despite all the ups and downs, despite all the frustration it sometimes brings me, despite all the fights and friends I've lost, why do I do it? Because I love it. And it brings me joy and happiness. It is fulfilling. My reason why? Because I love it. That's why. There are a million reasons why not. costs a lot of money. takes a lot of energy and time. It pisses people off sometimes. There are a million reasons why not. But I found my why, and I stick to it. Because you probably only really get one life to live. So I'm going to live it the way I want to. And that's what I'm doing. So please, as the new year dawns, find the thing you want to do and stop... Giving yourself reasons why not and find your why. And then do it. Life is scary, yes. Putting yourself out there is even more frightening, but so what? So you might get a little scared, might be a little embarrassed, but then you realize you did it. You did the thing you wanted to do. And if you like it and you enjoy it as much as you know you will, you're going to keep wanting it, and you're going to keep doing it, and you'll get better. You'll learn, and you'll suck at first, like anything, but given enough time, enough effort, enough energy, you can do it. Do it. I know I'm starting to sound like uh, Shia LaBeouf now, but the only person who defines your own real failure is yourself. People have said to me, "You, you, you seem successful at this. What is your recipe for being successful? And often I say, well... It depends on how you define success. To me, it has always been the ability to make movies. I'm fine with the scale at which I work. I would love to be bigger. I won't lie. I would love to have a wider reach. I would love to have one of my movies played every year on a certain date, you know, a certain channel, like like a tradition or all of them or something. I'd love that. I'd love to be recognized for what I've done. I would love to win awards. I mean, who wouldn't? Come on. But those are pluses. To me, the basic level of success is I made a movie. It doesn't sometimes even have to be good. I just want to make a movie. And I did it. And I've done it. And I want to continue doing it. And to me, that's success. So if you can define sort of a basic success that's realistically something you could achieve, well, once you reach that, then you can set a bigger goal. Okay, I made one movie, and I thought, you know, I want to make another. So I did that. And I thought, I'd love to make 10. And I did that. And now I'd like to make 60 of them. There's no reason why, if you're listening to this, you can't do these things or do what it as you want. It's easy to get bogged down. It's, it's easy to convince yourself that whatever it is you want is unimportant in the grand scheme of the universe. But you know what? It's important to you. And sometimes that that should probably be enough. Because you have to live your particular life being you. So make yourself happy. And in the process, you might make others happy too. And that's pretty cool. You know, I recently came across a quote from Stan Lee, the father of Marvel Comics, that kind of cleared up something that had been roiling around in my brain. And I think it's a lot of creative people who sometimes step back and ask themselves... How is anything I do important? I make cheesy, goofy, little 1950s-style B-movies. How is that important? Shouldn't I go be a doctor or cure cancer or something? You know what I mean? You get sometimes bogged down in it. And then I came across this great quote from Stan Lee, and I posted it on my Facebook page because I loved it. And I'm going to read it because this is exactly what I'm talking about. And... I was about to actually apologize for going on this tangent, but I'm not going to. That's my resolution for 2016. I'm not making any more apologies for things that I don't feel the need to apologize for, including what it is I feel like I have to say. You can listen or you can choose not to listen. I'm going to say it either way, and you should too. Don't make excuses for yourself. Don't apologize for what it is you want or want to do. Damn it, I'm not going to anymore. Anyway, this is a great quote, and he says... I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers. And then I began to realize, entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing. And that kind of cleared up a lot of what I was feeling about what I do. One of the reasons I continue to make these kinds of movies is that I come across people who will come up to me at conventions, fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, fathers and daughters, whatever, parents with their kids, and they come up and they say, we love your movies, and here's why. And the parent will say, when I was growing up, I used to watch those old cheesy movies with my parent, my dad, my mom, and we came across yours, and I watched them with my kids, and they love them. And so we sit down as a family or the two of us and we watch your movies together and we bond over them and have a really good time. And to me, that's important. I kind of feel like if, if by releasing these, these little movies, I can bring one parent and one child together. That's worth it. That is important. That's important to me. Maybe I'm not curing cancer. And maybe whatever it is you'd like to do is not as lofty a goal as that. But so what? Do something that makes you happy. Because once you're happy, you can spread that happiness. Good things are contagious, just like bad things are. Positivity is contagious. And sadly, so is negativity. And we live in an age that is very negative and very cynical. And that's part of the reason I do what I do. I like the idea of trying to combat the cynicism with a little old fashionedness. I want to reiterate one more time. Don't just hear, listen. Live your life. Have a great year. 2016 is going to be off the charts. Pure awesomeness. Let's do this. Dr. Bob, take it away.
1: (laughs) It is I, Dr. Bob Tesla back again from another universe with your Mimiverse Joke of the Month. A singer is talking to her piano player, and she says, I'd like to do My Funny Valentine tonight, but how about we arrange it a little bit differently? The piano player says, well, okay, how about this? We do the first chorus in G minor, and then modulate it to G sharp minor for the second chorus in five fourths time. Then modulate it to A minor in three-fourths time for the bridge, then cut off the last three bars. And she thinks about it and she goes, wow, that, that sounds complicated. And the piano player says, well, that's how you did it last night. Make sure you come out to the Gateway Film Center, January 9th, for our showing of Galaxina, starring Dorothy R. Stratton. And definitely get your tickets now for the April 16th showing of the Mimathon. We will have every Christopher R. Mim movie in their correct order and with retro audio. Only at Midnight Monster Movies with Dr. Bob.
0: Thank you, Dr. Bob. Welcome back from the other universe. I'm glad you're in one piece. And now, Chapter 11 of the Canoe Cops vs. the Mummy ongoing serial, written by Stephen D. Sullivan. Please, if you get a chance, find him on Facebook or go to StephenDSullivan.com and let him know how much you love this and how much you want to see more. We're past the halfway mark, I've been told. I've also been told that uh, should this go really well and people really want it, once it's completed, we will potentially release a printed version for collectors and folks who are big fans of the Canoe Cops. And then who knows, maybe there'll be other Canoe Copy stuff coming up. For now, let's jump into Chapter 11 of the Canoe Cops vs. the Mummy saga. It's entitled, Incident at Anchor's Boarding House, a.k.a. Stalked, by Stephen D. Sullivan. I'm so glad you're still up, Kay. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, I know I'm just down the hall from your room, but I still appreciate it. Most sensible folks are in bed at this time of night, at least here in the thriving metropolis of Phantom Lake. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha, no, I've never really thought of myself as sensible, and maybe what I'm about to share with you proves it, but I just had to talk to someone. Anyway, thanks for dropping by so I could bend your ear. Kay, I am starting to think that the universe just does not want me to get together with Lieutenant Richard Agar. Yes, we did have a date tonight, the opening of that movie producer's new showboat display of Egyptian artifacts, and yes, Rich and I were having a really good time. Were... That is, until right in the middle of a nice slow dance, disaster strikes. I mean, one moment we're twirling around the floor, leaning in close, whispering sweet nothings in each other's ears, while Corman's hired band softly plays Perfidia, and then the next instant... Just like that. Rich's whole body sags against mine, and I have to practically drag the big lug back to our table in the corner of the exhibit room. I know he'll deny it, Kay, but that lovable galoot totally fell asleep right there on the dance floor, as God is my witness. Needless to say, him dozing off kills the mood a bit. Sorry, he apologizes blearily. Rich, how long have you been awake? I ask. It's not really a difficult question, but Lieutenant Agar looks puzzled and has to think real hard before answering. Uh, Thirty-six hours, I think. Maybe. Maybe longer? I sigh. That does it, dreamboat. I'm cutting you off at the bar and giving you a ride home. I down what's left of both glasses of champagne that we'd been sipping, because clearly a quick shot of booze is all the fun I'm going to have for the rest of the night, and then I help Rich to his feet. He looks at the newly empty glasses. Are you sure you should drive after better me than you, I say, flashing him a wry grin. So we say a couple of short goodbyes and then walk off the boat and down the pier to where I've left my car. Weird thing, though, there's a stray cat sitting on the hood of my M.G., I gently shoo the animal away, load Rich into the passenger seat, and just a few minutes later drop him off at his place. He asks if I want to come in for a bit, but I decline. If that boy is going to get frisky with me, I want him to remember it later. Anyway, I see Rich at the door, give him a goodnight kiss on the cheek, and head back to the car. But when I get there, what do you know? There's another cat on the hood. I mean, I guess it could have been the same animal. I wasn't really paying attention to the coloration, though it doesn't seem probable this far away from the docks. More likely, this cat just smelled the other on the MG's hood and decided to check it out. Scat you, I say, shooing the critter away. Then I climb behind the wheel and I head for home. I'm still near the center of town, though, when all of a sudden the MG quits on me. Just gives up the ghost right there on the corner of Luton Avenue and Turner Boulevard. Rats, I growl, wondering if somehow those darn cats have gummed up the M.G.'s works. I pop the hood to take a look, but the street lamps don't give me enough light to see clearly, never mind to work by. Naturally, the flashlight in my glove box picks that moment to poop out as well. Double rats, I curse, or something like that, because it looks at this point like I've got no choice but to hoof it back to the boarding house. Sure, it's only a mile or two, and most of the pavement is pretty good, but my dancing heels are definitely not made for hiking. So I slip them off, figuring it's better to have runs in my stockings than ruined shoes and maybe a twisted ankle. I've only gone a couple of blocks, though, when I notice something spooky. I'm being followed by cats. Just a few strays at first, but then more and more, until maybe a dozen tabbies are tagging along behind me. Even weirder, not one of them makes so much as a meow. They just follow me down the street, keeping about ten yards away, watching intently with their yellow-green eyes. I think about throwing one of my shoes at the varmints, but what what would be the point? Either they scatter and I risk busting one of the heels I'm trying to save, or, if they don't scatter, I just rile them up. And the last thing I need is a pack of angry feral felines on my tail. I decide that ignoring the burgeoning pointy-eared brood is my best tactic. Sticking my nose in the air, I march forward resolutely, heading for the good old Anchor's boarding house. I only get a few blocks further, though, when I hear something else behind me, something louder than the soft patter of kitten feet on pavement. I glance back, and out of the corner of my eye, I notice somebody following me. At first, I'm not totally sure I'm being tailed, because whoever she is, and I'm certain it was a she I spotted, she's keeping to the shadows. After a couple more blocks, though, I managed to catch a glimpse of her. She's short and dark and dressed in some kind of crazy outfit, all gauze and gold. The Egyptian costume model Rich spotted at the party, I think, remembering an earlier encounter on the boat. But why is she following me? I figure maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe this gal is just on her way home, too. Heck, maybe she's a new tenant at the boarding house that I just haven't met yet. Something about her, though, gives me the willies. I mean, if she's just another party-goer out for a stroll, what's with the cats? Why aren't any of the felines bugging her? Why is the whole pack all trotting along between the lingerie princess and me? And why is this weird chick getting closer to me every time I check? I reach the edge of the city, my nerves jangling like I stuck my finger into an electric socket. It's only a few more blocks to home, but I decide to confront my stalker. I've been working on my right cross, after all, and this gal and her pussycats have got me just worked up enough to use it. I spin, bunching my hand into a fist, accusations springing to my lips, and she's gone. I'm not sure where or how. Maybe she ducked into a building at the edge of town while I wasn't looking. In any case, the Egyptian girl is not behind me now. I let out a long, relieved sigh, feeling like a dope. Silly of me to get so worked up over nothing. I turn toward the boarding house once more. That's when the meowing starts. Suddenly, cats are appearing out of the darkness on all sides, coming out of the bushes and from between trash cans on neighborhood driveways, and every one of them is converging on me. Call me a Freedy Cat K, or call me crazy, but from that point, I ran all the way home. I didn't spend a lot of time glancing behind me, but I would swear that pack of cats followed me the whole way, at least until I reached the safety of our boarding house's front door. No, no. I don't see any of them outside now, and yes, I've checked. More than once. And twice more while I've been telling you this story. So, here I stand, safe and sound, in my own living room, my stockings torn to shreds from running, my body shaking like a teenager before her first dance, and pumped so full of adrenaline that I feel like I could jump over the moon. Anyway, thanks for listening, Kay. I really needed a friend to talk to after all that. Want some tea or coffee or something? Sorry, I should have asked before launching into the whole weird tales thing. Kay, why are you staring out the window? Have the cats come back, or... Oh. My. God. And that's it. That's where it ends. Thank you so very much for listening to this edition of the Mimiverse Monthly Audiocast. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate how much all of you have done to help the Mimiverse continue. As I sign off, I bid you a fond 2016. May good luck smile on you throughout the year and for the rest of your life. Don't waste your life. Do the thing you want to do. Don't be afraid. We all are. It's okay. And remember, no matter what, as I always say, be good. But if you can't do that, be good at it. Talk to you next month.